Hello and welcome to Hallowed Ground, the Sports Museum podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Stockman. If you've listened to the pod before, you've surely heard me mention the International Sports Heritage Association. I went to the 2019 ISHA conference as an undergraduate in Wichita, and it became the catalyst for my interest in sports heritage as a career. I'm headed to Daytona Beach, Florida at the end of September for the 2023 ISHA conference, hosted by the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. Follow Hallowed Ground on social media for some behind-the-scenes content. Today on the show we have George Levy, president of the Motorsports Hall of Fame in Daytona Beach, Florida. As you'll learn from George, the Motorsports Hall of Fame is located at Daytona International Speedway, but there's much more to the museum than stock cars. I'm really excited to see the space for myself when I'm at the ISHA conference. I hope you enjoy my conversation with George. So today on Hallowed Ground, I'm speaking with George Levy, the president of the Motorsports Hall of Fame in Daytona Beach, Florida. George, how are you? I'm doing great. That's great to hear. I would love to start with you talking about your background, but really your love for motorsports. How did that love begin? It started as a really early age. Uh, as a kid, I was in the five and 10 cent store, which uh, dates me. Um, and they had a rack full of paperbacks and there was a autobiography of a driver named Jim Clark, who is uh, today one of our inductees. But after that, I was just hooked. You know, I wanted to be like him. I wanted to know everything about uh, racing and everything just sort of blossomed from there. That's awesome. And then how did your career path lead you to the Motorsports Hall of Fame? So, you know, I'm this diehard racing fan uh, from a young age. And after I got out of college, I didn't even know what I was going to be doing, but I got an interview at a car magazine. They were kind enough, desperate enough to uh, hire me. And it just took off from, from there. The magazine was Auto Week, which was a weekly about sports cars and, and racing uh, mainly. And I started out as a, a gopher and just uh, worked my way up within a few years to be editor. And it just went on from there. That's awesome. And it's cool how you have kind of evolved your career path and now being the president of the Motorsports Hall of Fame. I was telling you before we started recording that I'm excited to visit the museum um, in the fall with the International Sports Heritage Association. Our conference is um, at the museum and we're we're going to be excited to tour that. And what will I see when I visit? I'm intrigued by all that you have on display and what are some of those things that visitors really are attracted to? The thing that makes us unique is that uh, we honor all forms of motorsport. There are a number of Halls of Fame working in this area. There's a NASCAR Hall of Fame, Drag Racing Hall of Fame, uh, Motorcycle Hall of Fame, and they do great work. But we're the only place, because we honor all forms, we're in one location. You're going to see absolute top Hall of Fame caliber blue chip uh, machinery representing and artifacts representing every major form of racing. So you'll see, you know, Richard Petty's uh, stock cars, you'll see uh, a Mario Andretti open wheel car, and you'll see Ricky Carmichael's uh, championship motorcycle. There's even an unlimited hydroplane. And if you've ever seen one of those either race or go down the street, they're huge. We barely got it into the building, but it's here. And it's one of the most famous uh, hydroplanes in, in racing history. That's really cool. I'm going to have to look that up and see some pictures before I go in person. And while I was researching to prepare for the interview, going on your websites, I was amazed by the amount and variety, like you were just saying, of the types of motorsports. And as someone who is kind of a novice racing fan myself, it was really cool to like 
have my eyes open to not only the open wheel style of racing, but then aviation and boating and some of the things that are not as well known, maybe in the mainstream, but they have really passionate fan bases and a lot of Hall of Famers, like you were saying. And it's it's really cool that you're able to honor all of them in one space, like you said, even if the hydroplanes are massive and you have to figure all that out, too. Indeed. And along with that, I was surprised to find, I can't remember what it's called exactly, but there are like pioneers like Henry Ford and Amelia Earhart that people don't really associate with racing maybe, but um, they're very prominent people in the history of motorsports and in motorized vehicles in general. So what does it mean to have figures like that, historical figures in the museum as Hall of Famers? Yeah, so... All of those people, anyone in our Hall of Fame uh, does have a connection to motorsports. In some cases, like uh, Mario Andretti or Dale Earnhardt, it's, it's very obvious. In other cases, like Henry Ford, Amelia Earhart that you mentioned, a few others, it's, it's less obvious. But Amelia Earhart was a real pioneer um, aviator and set a number of you know speed and distance records and things like that and that's part of air racing is uh you know especially in the early days was setting those records uh, setting new standards for others to follow and henry ford one key moment in the formation of the ford motor company back in the very early 1900s there was a race between him and another car manufacturer, someone who was actually had a more established business and uh, looked, if you had to bet at that time, who was going to be the Henry Ford of automobiles, it would have been Alexander Winton. They had a race on a frozen lake in Michigan. So you can imagine what the temperatures were like and what the track conditions were like. And it was Winton and uh, and his car and, and, and Ford and his car. And Winton actually was leading the race they were doing a, a number of laps and then towards the end uh his car started to falter i forget if it started misfiring or something like that and ford was able to pass him and uh win uh the race and that put ford on the map and and the rest is, is history and of course it's not just that one event, but sponsoring motorsports, being a part of motorsports was something that, you know, Henry Ford endorsed uh, and was involved in quite a bit. And so he's really being honored for just immense contributions over time to motorsports. That's a really neat story. I hadn't heard that of the Frozen Lake race. And just to think like the evolution of racing, too, and how that is captured in the Hall of Fame with People like Henry Ford all the way to I was looking at the 2024 induction class and um, Jimmy Johnson is in that, I believe, and some other current day racers as well. So I'm actually calling you 45 minutes from Atchison, Kansas, where Amelia Earhart was born. Um, so I've been there and I live near that in Lawrence, Kansas. So that's kind of a neat connection there. Unexpected connection because you don't think of Amelia Earhart in terms of motorsports, but now I will. Wanting to ask you more about the Hall of Fame induction process and going on your website and looking, it seems really thorough and really engaging with the Hall of Famers that are already inducted. And can you talk about their role in the induction process each year? Yeah, you know, every Hall of Fame decide has its own process for the deciding and inductees. Uh, and one of the things that really appealed to me about the Motorsports Hall of Fame, when my predecessor first approached me, 
uh, Ron Watson, uh, who was just an amazing uh, guy. And he ran the Hall of Fame for the first 30 plus years of its existence and and, and grew it from, from nothing into to what it is today. At the very start, he had this very ambitious idea that there should be 200 voters and that they should be independent. They, you know, I don't vote. Our staff doesn't vote. We have, to this day, 200 voters. Half of them are historians and and journalists and you know experts on motorsports. The other half are inductees themselves. And you know, even as long as I've been doing this now, one of the coolest moments of the year is when we count the ballots on uh, on on vote count night. We do paper ballots, and so we're literally opening envelopes and seeing, oh, so this is who Richard Petty thinks should be in the Hall of Fame this year. And you open another envelope and it's like, oh, this is who Mario Andretti thinks should be in the Hall of Fame this year. And Don Garlitz, who's going to be uh, speaking of uh, at the conference, and he's the Michael Jordan of drag racing uh, and the Babe Ruth of, of drag racing all rolled into one. You know, he's one of our voters. So, you know, again, Every Hall of Fame has their own you know, process and their pros and cons to every process. But that's something I've always uh, admired about our process and something we you know, try and maintain the integrity of uh, with great effort to always make sure we're, we're reflecting the voice of the people that know best who should be in our Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's a great point because they've been inducted themselves. So they know what it's like. They know what it takes to have a career worthy of the Motorsports Hall of Fame. And what are some of their favorite parts of being in that process? You kind of talked about from your side getting to like open the ballots and see who they voted for. But have you gotten feedback or comments from them about how much they enjoy it? One of the things that we hear time and time again is um, that these guys, men and women uh, who are inducted, in most cases, they've been inducted into another Hall of Fame prior to to being in ours the the you know if they're from uh, Michigan then they're probably in the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame even before they get into our, our Hall of Fame if they're a drag racer there's a good chance they've gotten into the drag racing Hall of Fame uh, you know ours because we're only honoring one representative of each category each year it's the most exclusive club or, or a hall and 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 motorsports but these guys have been around if they're a stock car racer they've been at events with other top stock car racers and and so on when they come to our event you know the you know the richard petty of stock car racing is there on the same day as with a richard petty of air racing and with a richard petty of indianapolis style racing and the indian in the richard petty of uh drag racing and you know, that's something unique, something that, that they've never experienced before. And that's one of the things they, they talk about most is like, wow, you know, I've, I've heard about these guys or these women who've accomplished these great things, but all of us together at once. And there's also a thing in motorsports, you know, we talk about it as the brotherhood and sisterhood of speed, you know, that, you know, people can come from every political background, every national background, you name it. But there's this, this common bond uh, through motorsports where everyone feels, you know, together and as one. And when you have all these representatives, all these different forms of motorsports, there's that great sense of community that that only happens at events like this. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. And that brought to mind something that 
I knew but hadn't thought of before is like no matter what form of motorsports it is, the the goal is the same. Like it's still a race. You're still trying to get to the finish line first. And there's a lot of teamwork involved with that. There's a lot of uh, competition inherent with that. But all of them, no matter what style of racing it is, they all know that feeling of like making it to the finish line and winning and doing that over time will help you get into the Hall of Fame. So I bet that's what a lot of the stories are about. Yeah, you know, you have situations exactly like that where Chip Hanauer, who's one of the greatest boat racers of all time, is sitting, you know, with, uh, you know, Richard Petty, who's one of the, the greatest stock car racers of all time. And they're both talking about what's the same and different about their sports, but the commonality, the things that they share, they're like, oh, my gosh, they, you go through that, too. And and well, how do you deal with this and how do you deal with that? And it, it's just wonderful to see those conversations take place. I was looking on your website again, and you not only host school groups and conferences like the International Sports Heritage Association that's coming up, and there's all sorts of different events um, along with the induction weekend. And just what does it mean to have people in the museum space for an event or for a field trip of some sort? What is that like to share this history with them? We moved down here to Daytona to, about uh, five or six years ago, and we were very fortunate in that, uh, you know, we've been around, this will be our 36th induction ceremony uh, coming up in next March. And we were in Michigan for most of that time, all of that time prior to uh, Daytona. We were very fortunate when we were looking for a new space to be invited to a number of different great places around the country. Uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum uh, uh, talked to us, the Peterson Museum in California and Los Angeles, which are both terrific, just crown jewels, you know, places. But when Joey Chitwood, who was running the Speedway, invited us to take a look at uh, this space here, one of the key things was that we were going to be part of the uh, Speedway Tours, the Daytona Speedway Tours. And believe it or not, there are 150,000 people a year who come to Daytona Speedway when there's no races going on, you know, Today, you know, every day we're open virtually every day of the year. Uh, they take tours of the uh, track, which are pretty wonderful. And you go around the banking and you can take a selfie in Victory Lane and all that. And as part of that tour, they get access to the, the museum. So, you know, every day it's so wonderful to walk through the museum and see people of every age from seemingly every country like on any given day there will be six or seven languages being spoken you know on the floor because you have people from brazil you have people from japan and uh and all over uh the world so that that's a really special part of the the hall of fame is being able to greet and visit and 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 uh, treat all those people to some time with their their heroes and uh, with the sport they love best. That's awesome. I hadn't thought about racing being so global, but you're totally right. Like that happens in pretty much every country and various forms and bringing all those cultures together under motorsports in one place like we keep talking about. That's a really special um, venue and I'm excited to see it in late September for the conference. So it'll be a lot of fun. I think we get to do a tour of the Speedway and I'm really excited for that, too. I wanted to ask now about your educational programming, and I saw the Spark program on your website, which was really fascinating. I've done like close to 30 of these interviews with different sports museums, and I don't think I've had a um, educational program quite like this. And would just love for you to describe the Spark program and what its impact has been so far. From our standpoint, we don't think a Hall of Fame, or at least we don't think our Hall of Fame, 
should be just about the past. We think the Hall of Fame to be relevant, to be vibrant, to best serve uh, the community uh, should be about the past, present, and future. And that was part of uh, the genesis of the SPARK program, which is designed to attract high school, uh, trade school, and college-age kids to careers in motorsports. And and that's what it's all about. And so when kids apply to be part of it, we have them do an interview with a a top leader in motorsports, whether it's one of our inductees or, you know, one of the current people that's a standout. Uh, and we try and pair them up with people that fit their ambition. So, for example, uh, and you've probably found this in, in your travels, like, you know, any sport isn't just what happens on the field or, or the track. There's so many different dimensions to it. There are careers in motorsports in media there are careers in motorsports in medicine there are careers in motorsports and event planning as well as obviously careers in uh, designing and building cars and becoming a driver and and so what we're trying to do is create a portal and a path for kids that some of whom know they're they want to be involved in motorsports and some who just sort of happen upon it and go, wow, well, I wasn't sure I was thinking of that specifically, but boy, the chance to Im embed with a a, um, a a medical emergency team at a, a major race for someone who has a, you know, a medical career path, uh, that's a pretty exciting opportunity or to, uh, you know, intern with, um, you know, ESPN or, or, or one of the uh, media channels that covers motorsports. Again, those are the kind of opportunities we're trying to create. That's awesome. I love how it's multifaceted where you have kind of an oral history aspect to it, too. If you're like talking to Hall of Famers or current athletes, you're able to preserve their stories as well. And then the students interviewed, they're getting experience with preparing for an interview and, and having that conversation. And then they're learning things from the Hall of Famers, from the athletes, and then using that to kind of network and maybe that turns into a an internship or a shadowing experience down the road. So I think that's a really unique program. And um, I wish that was happening when I was in my undergrad days and for any sport or any field, because it's so wide ranging um, and so applicable to different other museums, no matter what their subject matter is. Yeah. And, it, you know, we talk about it being uh, three components, interviews, internships and mentorships. There are kids all across the, the country different interested in all sorts of different fields. Um, we're not able to provide internships that fit every single uh, kid. Um, you know, some kid may be like, well, I need a paid internship and I need it to be within this geographic area at this specific time. So, you know, we we do the best we can to uh, provide internships when we can, you know, match the, the opportunities and the two parties uh, together. But with every kid, we present a, a mentorship opportunity and again, trying to figure out who's the right person for this kid and their ambitions. And then it's up to them to, you know, figure out what form and how long that mentorship uh, goes on. But the, you know, the beautiful thing about any Hall of Fame is that, you know, there are so many great people who are your inductees or your nominees uh, uh, or just part of that board who have so much to give and so much to share with the next generation and are willing to do that. And it just seemed like with that tremendous resource, how do we 
uh, give them the opportunity to uh, share it, it forward? And likewise, how do we give that wonderful um, knowledge and and connections and even you know ability to open doors uh, to kids who are are just you know, have the passion, but they're like, okay, how do I get into this? How do I break into this field? You know, how do I uh, do something other than just send a resume with 4,000 other resumes, but where I can, you know, maybe connect directly with people that can, can help me along my path. Yeah. And I bet the inductees or the people that the students are speaking to get something out of it too, because they get to hear about what the students are going through in school and what their interests are. And that kind of helps those of different generations connect with each other, which I think is kind of a missing part of our society today in several ways. So I think you all are really doing a great job of helping everyone gain experience and knowledge in various forms. So yeah, kudos to you guys for doing that. You know, one of our uh, board members, uh, Christy Edelbrock, and for any motorsports uh, car enthusiast, uh, the Edelbrock name uh, is is pretty legendary. You know, she was really the one who uh, was the impetus for this uh, uh, program. And, you know, we embraced it fully. And and like you say, I mean, just it seemed like a gap in our society today where, you know, we could help play a vital role in, in trying to make opportunity for kids and, and to pass on that great learning and knowledge. Yeah, I've got a couple more questions for you here. Shifting a little bit, you mentioned the museum had been in Michigan for most of its existence prior to coming to Daytona. And I think you were involved as a board member before taking over the role as president. And I'm just curious from your perspective, what was it like physically moving the artifacts and the cars and other vehicles from Michigan to Florida? Because I'm sure that was a whole process and ordeal in several ways. But if you're able to share any stories or any uh, kind of remembrances of that process. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of the other Hall of Fames can probably relate to this. Um, you know, we're fortunate now to have, to be pretty well established, but um, in the very early days, when when Ron and a, a, a couple of other guys were starting the Hall of Fame, there was nothing. There was no building. There was no structure. That uh, There were no inductees yet. The inductions started, the first one was in 1989, and those kind of took off right away. And that's a great credit to Ron, a guy named Larry Ciancio, who uh, helped found the, the Hall of Fame. But the museum came on later, came along later. And initially, you know, we didn't have some huge endowment or any anything where we could just, you know, buy these wonderful race cars and artifacts and, and things. So, you know, if you visited the Hall of Fame Museum in the early days, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty humble uh, beginnings. Um, and then when we moved down here and with the opportunity to not just be located at the world center of racing, uh, but have this great space. And by that time, we did have, you know, some gifts and sponsors that enabled us to build out the space the way we'd never been able to do it before. I remember the first time I walked in to the space when it was mostly completed, when you could see it really, you know, as the Hall of Fame for the first time. And Ron was with, was with me and we both had tears in our eyes, you know, because it was just it was just so amazing to see this thing that especially for him who had worked so tirelessly for so many years and go oh my gosh this truly is a, you know a a world class uh, hall of fame and uh that that was probably the best uh single moment uh along the way 
Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And yeah, that's a big credit to Ron and the inductees and yourself and so many others that have contributed to the um, Hall of Fame's growth and success over, I think, 30 plus years. So yeah, that's a awesome story. And if there's any other stories or anything you would like to share before I ask my final question, I'm um, happy to listen and happy to pass it along to our listeners. I'm in the fortunate position when when we count those votes, I'm the person who gets to call these, you know, inductees and uh, and tell them that they've been inducted. And you know, there's a pretty wide range of of reaction. Uh, you know, they, I mean, everyone's excited about being inducted into a Hall of Fame, but you know, some are very familiar with us and you know have been kind of waiting for this. Some it, it comes more out of the the blue. And a few years ago, I called a guy named George Montgomery. His uh, racing moniker was Ohio George. And that's how he was known. He was a drag racer, one of the, the great drag racers. And uh, and I, I don't think George would argue with this. He's a, a, you know, a, a pretty crusty, plain talking, blunt uh, uh, guy. You know, Ray's grew up during the Depression, um, worked hard for everything he's gotten. And I didn't know him. You know, I knew of him well, but I'd never met him before. So I dial his number uh, and, uh, you know, he comes on the line. I tell him that uh, he's been inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. And uh, there was this pause and I'm like waiting, like, okay, where is this going? And he goes, you know, George... I've been inducted into a lot of Hall of Fames, and and I'm thinking, oh crap, this is. <laughs> he's gonna be like, yeah, you know what? It does, and he's like 90 years old at this point, and it's like, yeah, he's gonna be. He goes, but this is the pinnacle. I just hope that I live long enough. I know how this Hall of Fame, you know, works. I know, you know, it's voted in by you. Have to get the greatest number of votes among a, a, a large number of people, my peers, and everything. And to hear someone like that with those experiences being so moved by uh, having that recognition, you know, by his peers. And the same thing, you know, when I called uh, Scott Dixon or, or, or Jimmy Johnson uh, or, uh, you know, the other people that will be inducted in, in March, uh, it's it's really means a lot uh, to me. And it's also kind of unfair because you know i'm i'm kind of the figurehead like this hall of fame it was built by ron it's built by larry it was built by the uh, you know the more than a dozen docents that we have in the museum who make sure our guests have a tremendous experience in the early days there were no salaries you know ron uh could barely draw a, a, a salary there are a ton of volunteers that are still involved uh with us today and uh, it's that group of people that made all of this possible. Yeah. What a special position you are in. And it's credit to you for recognizing that it's not just you. It's so many others that have gone before and that are still with the Motorsports Hall of Fame to bring people that pinnacle and bring people that like greatest moment of their lives in some sense and um, being recognized for their hard work over many years of motorsports. So. Um, my last question, George, is to ask, where can people find the Motorsports Hall of Fame, both in person and online? So in person, uh, they can come uh, to Daytona International Speedway. Uh, we're uh, located in the Ticket and Tours building, which is just outside turn four of the speedway. So all you have to do is uh, set your GPS for the speedway and, and you'll 
uh, find us online. Our website is mshf.com, like Motorsports Hall of Fame, mshf.com. But also there's a website for Spark as well, sparkamerica.org. So uh, if you want to get in touch with the Hall of Fame, mshf.com, if you want to get in touch with Spark, or if you have a kid, or if you're a, a company or organization that wants to offer an internship, uh, sparkamerica.org is where you need to go. Yeah, thank you, George, for your time and for letting us know where we can find the Motorsports Hall of Fame. I'll put links to your website and the Spark website on the show notes for the episode as well, so people can have um, access to those if they're interested. And yeah, thanks for what you do for motorsports and preserving the history and um, just recognizing the greats um, of racing of all kinds, which I think is really, really special. And I'm excited to see it in September. So thank you so much, George. Well, we are so honored to be the the host this year uh, for the ISHA conference. And uh, we're looking forward to being with everyone and uh, and sharing all those uh, stories and hearing all those stories about all the other great halls of fame. Thank you, George. Yeah, I'm excited. You can find the Motorsports Hall of Fame online at www.mshf.com or at Daytona International Speedway in Florida. In the show notes, you can find links to the museum's website and social media pages. Thanks to George for such a great motorsports conversation. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hallowed Ground, the Sports Museum Podcast. You can follow the pod on Twitter, or X, I guess, at HGPod, or Instagram at Hallowed Ground Pod. I've got many more episodes coming soon. I'll see you next time, sports fans. <laughs>